where's my microphone? There's my microphone. Good evening. Having a drink here for Lee Iacocca, who passed away, I think it was last night, the night before. One of the creators of American car culture, and uh, for that, even the world. Nick isn't here. He's on his way. We're having thunderstorms right now in Pennsylvania, so he's going to get here, you know, when he gets here. So for now, it's just uh, you and me. I stink says, got my honey and Jack to celebrate. I am going to get the the audio going on the podcast uh, for the recorder over there. And I can also see I need to be moving the uh, camera a little bit more toward the futon. Hmm. Uh, Paul doesn't have a question, but thank you so much for uh, 99 cents. Oh, no, that's too much. Better. Yeah, it's good. I'm just going to sit in Nick's chair because Nick has the better chair. That futon isn't too good on my back. Murray, Mac and Chuck and Chuck and Chuck and Chuck doesn't have a question, but thank you for $1. Um, what's been going on with me lately is I've been getting so efficient with producing uh, regular car reviews is that I'm usually done by Tuesday. I do audio editing on Sunday. Typically I write the review like Friday or something like that and then record it, um, which I'll probably do tomorrow during the day. Um, oh, a super chat went by. I don't have my tablet, my tablet's over there. So I'm just looking at it as stuff stuff goes by right here. TBM Avenger, great plane. And also uh, Samuel Hines, who wrote Flights of Passage, flew one of those things. I think uh, TBM Avenger was the largest single engine uh, plane ever made. Hmm. Uh, the boss man just says, my dad just passed away and all the jokes you make about cars are keeping me going. Thanks. Also, we're going to be wrapping this up... Uh, uh, exactly at 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, that's going to be 6 to 7. That's going to be an hour and a half. So this podcast is only going to be an hour and a half long. We have a hard out at 8 p.m. I'm going to immediately watch the question and answer for the Ushanka show. So everybody, if you if you want to follow me when I'm done with this, we go over the YouTube channel Ushanka show because Sergey is putting on a live stream. I want to collaborate with that YouTuber. His whole YouTube channel is telling stories about growing up in, US, in the USSR. And I'd like to meet him. He lives, I think, in Minnesota or Michigan. I, I'm balking on one of the two. Anyway, Midwest. And it'd be great if he could come down to the Lane Motor Museum in Tennessee and drive some of their Eastern European cars and just you know, get his take on that sort of thing. Uh, Jonathan Lopez says, what beer are you drinking? I am not drinking beer. I'm drinking liquor. I'm drinking gin martini. 
the perfect, the most inappropriate drink for a hot day. I think maybe milk stout would be worse. All right, I'm going to get this uh, recorder going here. there test on this mic good holding for sound Welcome to RCR podcast number 64 for Lee. This is uh, hello everybody on the thing that popular people use. And they're all sophisticated and drink uh, coffee from Starbucks. iTunes, there we go. For everybody on iTunes, this podcast is going to be abruptly ending in one hour and four, one hour and 27 minutes. Uh, because we're all going to go over to the Ushanka Show's YouTube channel and watch his question and answer, because that guy's incredible. Nick isn't here yet, so at any moment, you're going to hear Nick coming through the door. So everybody welcome Nick when he shows up. I am already drinking right now. This is a story of my life, and which which is weird. I I go in waves. Like For those of people who hang out with me in real life, when, when when we go out to a bar, I, I only have two drinks because after that, I just get a headache. It used to be, I, you know, when I was in college, I could go all night, but not anymore, man. It's like two drinks and I'm done. However, when I'm at home, I just kind of cruise until bedtime. I guess what I'm doing is I'm drinking very small amounts spaced out. So I don't know. Maybe it still comes out to two drinks. Hmm. Oh, I love olives. When I get soaked in gin. Mm. Workforce 520, hello. Opinion on the Oxford comma. Use it. The whole reason the Oxford comma was, uh, uh, and, and people can correct me if they want. The story I heard in college was that the reason the Oxford comma went away Mary went to the store, she bought eggs, comma, milk, comma, and comma, bread. The comma after the and, that's the Oxford comma. The whole reason it went away is because the New York Times wanted to save on ink because it was understood that the and in, in a series or a break between two clauses counts as a break. So just that, just saving that one little tiny little bit of ink, you know, Robert McNamara could would get hard thing of bean counting like that. It was pure, it was pure penny pinching that that comma went away. Use it or don't use it. I don't care. I tend to use it. Oh, I love gin soaked olives. Mm -mm -mm. Reed Sanborn. Hello says, what will it take for you to do an RCR on my truck? I'm in New Hampshire, so it's a bit of a haul. I'll pay for your gas. Let me know what it will take. Uh, it'll take me uh, to go skiing up in New Hampshire. 
we haven't done any New England anything. Five years of doing RCR still haven't gone up to the Boston area, although we wouldn't film in Boston. Of course, we film in the outskirts of it. Um, there are a number of really good breweries that I want to go to up there. Can I name them? No. But um, that's going to be... God, I really like to go to Killington. Wait, Killington's Vermont. That's not New Hampshire. New Hampshire still have ski, still has skiing. Uh, that's the way to tempt me to go places, entice me with skiing, because that's what that's what I love. I really need to find something to do with my time now that I'm editing RCR so fast. Um, I get lonely, man. And when I hang out with people, I don't really want to talk about cars. I want to talk about anything else. So I've been <coughs> volunteering a lot on the Appalachian Trail or Appalachian tra Trail, depending on what you've been, what you talk, uh, what you, what you want to call it. And I go to shelters and I clean them and I pick up trash. But the, but my ulterior motive for doing that is just lingering around and talking to hikers because I see them coming and it's all like, hello, friend, you're someone else who can talk to me. But I feel embarrassed that I do that because it's the same move as an old man trying to chat up a grocery clerk because the grocery clerk is trapped behind the deli counter, has no choice but to talk to you. And the, and the hikers aren't going anywhere. They're at a shelter, so they'll talk to me. Um, they don't know who I am and they don't care. Not that I am anybody. But I miss, what I really miss is hanging out with uh, friends from college and high school and not doing anything. Being at a Dunkin' Donuts or the dining hall and we were all brothers and sisters and everybody and everybody else in this war not really against the university, but against grades. We're all suffering for the same thing. Oh, there's Nick. Nick's knocking at the door. One sec. Come on in. We're rolling. I, I was sitting in your chair. Don't worry. If we had a, if we, if we had a, a track, we would just play like the entrance music, like, ladies and gentlemen, Nicholas Roman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I've been answering some super chats, but I didn't get my uh, my uh, tablet going. Oh, all right. Um, so I was talking about how I am getting so efficient now at doing RCR. I'm typically done editing by Tuesday, huh? Which grants me terrible freedom. Yes. And it's so weird that uh, writing and riffing about cars. Uh, uh, used to be my hobby and now the hobby is the job. Yeah. So now what? Uh, find a new hobby. <laughs> yeah. I do screenwriting in my free time and there's scripts that like, I don't really have any plans on doing anything with them. I mean, <laughs> like I wrote an RCR musical for crying out loud. It's what? like, um, wait, yeah. You made some sort of post about that. Yeah. I, I, it was just like a fun thing to do. Like I'm never going to make the thing, but <laughs> it's, I got on a Broadway musical kick as I am want to do. Mm -hmm. And I just decided to make this kind of weird musical about, um, 
it's like people trying to figure out like who mr regular is it's it's completely fictionalized versions oh, like okay. this mr regular is not at all you this roman is not at all me they're like completely different people but it's kind of like a what if yeah. someone who wasn't us did rcr oh. and it uses like rcr characters like dj double lunch is a character yeah uh, harold slavinsky is in there somewhere but like he's not really like harold slavinsky it's just like the name in a weird way man if only we could if he's still alive get the real dr schwartz yeah play the harold clemency <laughs> but give him no notes on this and be like you do you yeah 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 just just be yourself yeah. you know on the inside but also oh. the outside <laughs> um yeah but it's that's kind of what i do um also hanging out with my nephew is taking up a lot of my free time because well again it's like i'm the one who has him in the summer because mm -hmm. you know i'm the one who works from home so we went to the uh trampoline park today mm -hmm. so there was a lot of jumping involved it was very exhausting mm. um but yeah that was a good time but yeah it's uh strange it was oh let me put this on standby uh when i got out of spider-man far from home last night okay that's when i'm not I, gonna see it so you tell me all about it oh well and no spoilers it's just it's fantastic um but basically that's when i found out about i because from tony airlines because he tagged oh. me on twitter and said i was just listening or strange i was just listening to at the roman nick's uh the ballad of lee iacocca from the rcr album yeah and but i didn't see the rest of the post just that what tony wrote and so i'm thinking if he's writing strange i was just thinking about lee iacocca mm. i'm like ah shit, he probably died um 93 or 94 years i heard both yeah so did i yeah i, I saw 93 and i saw 94 but uh i saw 94 more than i saw 93 mm. so uh i mean like i knew it would it was coming eventually um but it's still sad in the sense that you know this is somebody whose importance in automotive history has kind of been somewhat minimized in current car culture yeah it's almost like people don't really know how important he was because like this is a guy who could have been president yeah and that was it's, like one of the taglines for his autobiography the man who could have been president yeah and it's a very uh strange thing when you think about how he was always so principled throughout his entire life now i'm not trying to necessarily deify the man i know that there are some people who felt like he screwed over the people in kenosha wisconsin during mm -hmm. the amc sale but it's kind of one of those things where you look at the sum total of the, i i was talking to my friend matt about this about how he's almost kind of like the automotive forrest gump in that forrest yeah. gump keeps showing up in all these historical events yeah. and lee iacocca is just like everywhere right um he you could even claim that he kind of had a hand in the GTO or something right? because that was all, you know, the birth of the pony car, the muscle car revolution and yeah. all this uh, because it's like, why wouldn't you think that the generation mm -hmm. that was responsible for the popularity of rock music taking hold like rock and roll mm -hmm. 
would be able to translate into turning car culture into something into more popular. rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's essentially what the Mustang did. It turned car culture into rock and roll. Yeah. Like he had uh, a DJ radio DJs around the country, each get one. And uh, uh, so they could talk that. him up. It was, it was the original like promo code this <laughs> of, you know, uh, Hey man, you got to try this. this yeah. Um, and he didn't get a lot in the budget to do the Mustang. You know, he mm. had to kind of make it with, you know, a minimal, um, not a minimal budget, but less yeah. than you would expect to roll out a production car at right. that level. Right. But yeah, it's, I mean, people have heard me say this again and again, put a first gen Mustang next to a first gen Falcon, technically 1964 and a half. And you're going to see all the dimensions are the same save an inch or two there because all the tooling is the same yeah exactly um the um there was a guy up the road selling a 1965 falcon Ooh. asking price seven thousand five. and oh whoops uh, hey, uh, oh, wait 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 uh, i'll turn it off i'm an olive garden i'm trying to it's the boomer ballad of a thousand phones going off and they stare at him confused only had the phone two years, <laughs> still haven't figured it out. So they just start swiping in every direction, and then they just get up and salute the flag. Oh, <laughs> the uh, um, how live? I'm I'm just sharing it and letting people know that we're live now. Oh, but okay. it had to play the ad first because I don't have ad block on my phone because I like sort of supporting mm -hmm. the content creators that I like. Now, granted if it's one of those things where they're like doubling up on ads now where they mm. do the one, two, like right at the beginning, yeah. um, I'll, I'll like let the one play and skip the second, but sometimes you don't even get that option. I get that on like these long play, uh, mall soft or ambiance videos that are like three hours long. Huh? But if I see those yellow marks in there, I'm not listening to it because yeah. I can handle like being jarred out of my sleep a little bit by an ad, but sometimes that ad will play for five minutes yeah. unless you skip it. I keep waiting for it to end while I'm lying in bed and I'm thinking, man, this is going on a really long time. Yeah. It, can it, can, eh? I don't know. I can understand if it were a movie trailer. Like that's how I ended up seeing the trailer for Knives Out, which is the new uh, Ryan Johnson movie. Is the guy who bonded? made Brick. Uh, yeah, it has yeah. Bonnet. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. And um, Jake, no, not Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Chris Evans, huh. uh, Captain America. But yeah, it's a pretty good cast lined up. And I'm just kind of thinking, um, well, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to see this trailer. So let me just let it play. Okay. And so, yeah, letting cool. it live or letting it roll live. Mark Arzani doesn't have a question, but thank you so much for your donation. Boostin Boys, I remember your, your name. <laughs> Would you be interested in reviewing a 1986? 300 sx and a 1987 200 sx located in ohio i also have a 1985 200 sx those are definitely cool cars um you'd probably have to drive to pittsburgh um i don't know if we have any ohio plans um also i don't have any pittsburgh plans at all so mm. um uh, but please do send me an email, uh, regularcarreviews at gmail.com. Excuse me, that's incorrect. Regularcars at gmail.com. Your make model city state in the title of the email and put your phone number in the body of the email. 
and I'll do what I can. And thank you so much for your donation. Tom Jefferson doesn't have a question. Oh, wait, Tom Jefferson does have a question. How's the Vagabond Falcon doing? The Vagabond Falcon is in my, thanks for asking. The Vagabond Falcon is in my garage with, with its hood up. Nothing's wrong. It's just, it's been 90 degrees in the midday every day. So the engine's getting hot. I tried to race a trice. I tried to race a Harley trike conversion like three days ago, coming away from Wawa. I saw him. We were both leaving Wawa, and he immediately got into the fast lane, making that left turn out of Wawa, heading (laughs) toward my house. And I got in the slow lane, and I'm like, I'm passing you. But it was hot, and I was at that light for a while. Yeah. So the engine bay was heat soaked and I vapor locked a little bit. The, the, the Falcon accelerated up to 60 miles an hour and then just started stumbling full throttle. Nothing I'm like crap. I have no fuel pressure. Eesh. Nothing. So there's nothing. It's not that I'm going to stop. It's just that the, the engine's so hot, the fuel's vaporizing in the carburetor and the mechanical fuel pump can't keep up. So again, I had to have that mechanical fuel pump and I had to have that different timing cover and all that stuff. And that contributed to the problem. And I couldn't have this. <laughs> so, uh, and also I was trying to race a guy on a Harley trike conversion. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, what are you going to do? Uh, that, that, so we're, we're in these July, August where the Falcon will drive, but only really at night. Yeah, where it's nice and cool out, and I will have never no cooling problems. And then September rolls around, and our blessed October will show up when things are crisp and nice. And then the Falcon almost drives every day in October. I just switch over to my motorcycle during the summer. Wah, man, first world problems. <laughs> By the way, I've been riding around my uh, 650F on the hot days, and man, that fan only comes on when it sits. The second that thing starts running, that temp- that that fan turns right back off again. It is so good at cooling itself. Hmm. Zach Hellman says, cheers from Ames, Iowa, which I intend to visit. And I'm taking a week off this month. And I'm kind of leaning on going out to Ames, Iowa to visit my friend Tom. Mm-hmm. I didn't even message him on Facebook. But it's an idea like um, Nick is going to have a video, I think, the second to last week of this month. Yeah. And I'm going to take it easy. So I could just go out to Ames, Iowa and just hang out in Ames, Iowa. Or I could go visit Foster out in Indiana again. Hmm, Maybe. He moved to this. He moved to South. We were were up in Muncie, but he moved south to some city south of Indianapolis. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, cheers from Ames, Iowa. It's also raining hard. You still plan on coming out this way? Yes. Also when it's not flooding. Oh, is Ames flood like in the summertime? Because I looked at the top like topographical maps and there's no lines on them in Iowa. It's literally just like the Wells Fargo wagon is coming down the street and doesn't have to do any hill starts. Yeah. Oh no, wait, we don't need any anvil salesmen in Iowa digging deep on my references here the music man uh haven't seen it in a really oh, okay. long time speaking of like that's weird for me being into musicals but yeah anyway daniel spinelli probably no relation he's from canada here's some rcr lift funding or beers great microbrews here in french canucky stand <laughs> question do you like lego i just built the saturn five summer teacher for life I do like Lego and Nick had this rant 
I don't know if you talked about it. You're trying to find just the old school box of. Oh yeah, yeah. The, talk okay. about that while I re-drink. <laughs> it, it, yeah, oh oh oh! Party no, foul! My martini glass. I just broke it. Oh, so I just broke my one glass that I like to drink martinis from, but it was an old school glass. It was like a champagne skirted one, not a true martini glass. No big deal. I'll just go to like the, uh, the restaurant store. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. So yeah, I have to go there Friday. Yeah. Oh wait, the restaurant store doesn't sell you individual glasses. They have to they make don't? you buy a case. No, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, I imagine if you go somewhere to like some kind of fair tomorrow for the 4th of July that you could win one in a raffle, like yeah. a single glass of like, here's an I'm, I'm sure Boscov sells them. Yeah. Boscov's a, you know, they have it. I can't believe I broke my martini glass. All I did was knock it on the table. Hmm, man. Now I got to drink a martini out of a tumbler. <laughs> well, yeah, my, my big issue with the Lego thing was that, we wanted to get my youngest nephew uh, for his birthday just a thing of Legos, just uh, just regular ass Legos that nobody's going to mess with, um, that isn't pre-imagined for you, you know, um, because he's one of those kids where, uh, you know, these work sets with their instructions and all that other stuff, like it's ridiculous. And sure, you can create your own stuff out of those pre-planned like sets but you're extremely limited in what you can build. And so I feel like, you know, imagination should be encouraged and, uh, you know, young minds should be stimulated. And so for his birthday, I wanted to go find him just a box of Lego bricks. And everywhere I went, there were no just regular plain Legos that aren't from a set. And, you know, it's like that Simpsons joke of, you know, Lisa wanting to find just a regular plain box of Legos and uh, the, the, the Lego corporation or company, whatever they wanted to do all the imagining for. Her. But I eventually came across the Lego creations line, which is basically that it's a box of regular Legos, but um, it still comes with a little card of suggestions because uh. it's like we can't just let kids make whatever they want mm -hmm. you know it's and i get the in a micro sense maybe they're trying to do a good thing of like if somebody is trying to think of like where to start and then hopefully by starting they will be able to uh transition more into making their own thing like it'll get the ball rolling but it's it's just weird to me in that you know, you couldn't go to McDonald's when I was a kid without seeing one of those Lego tables that were there. And, you know, you just screw yeah. around on there and it's whatever. But now it's just people wanting to sort of take the imagination out of play. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of why I love Toy Story 4 so much, which, again, no spoilers, but it's a, it's it's that it's the type of movie absolutely no one was asking for, but I'm really glad exists yeah. now um, because I thought Toy Story three was like the perfect ending. And then Toy Story four has an ending that's just as good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very satisfying thing, but in the same way, it's kind of uh, 
how how do you value um the things that you own right and in a very car type way it circles right back around to it in that you know how do cars obtain value well it's what you put into it yourself right you know if i was coming out of the trampoline park and i couldn't find my car anywhere and i was losing my mind because i'm looking for like five minutes and not where i parked it yeah and i finally found her in like the far off corner because apparently this was the one day out of all the times that we go to that park where i just parked in a different place mm. entirely and it was completely obscured by all these like mom no lie a ford aerostar van <laughs> like it's just why why are they, what is this with mm. the i don't know but it's uh very much i i started immediately in my mind going to that dark place of like man am i gonna have to call the cops now like oh i get i get that when i ride my bike a lot that i think because the bike hides behind cars. Yeah. I try to park close to the front of the parking space. Um, so people know that there's a vehicle there, but occasionally it's like, well, guess somebody took the bike mm. because I'm not really good at putting the handlebar lock on, but even then people can break those things and then just pop the bike in the neutral and wheel it off. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, with the exception of my Falcon, all my vehicles are $5,000 or less. So mm. that's, I think, the biggest comfort to like that moment of, uh, oh, no, where's my car? Because I'm more, I think, what was I thinking? I think, oh, I had a, like my good shirt in the little luggage pod on my bike. I'm more concerned about the stuff that's in the car than the car itself yeah yeah I, yeah oh go ahead because i had this moment where they're doing the old and this is a pennsylvania thing <laughs> for the people who are listening who aren't in pennsylvania you may not know the delightful uh road resurfacing technique called fresh oil and chips <laughs> where uh, <laughs> where they lay down tar and then just spread gravel on top of it and yeah that's good yeah, and the cars will pack it down, right. and then they'll like they'll spray more oil, they'll spray more tar on top of it, and eventually it'll be resealed. But it's like fresh oil and chips for like a good few weeks. So yeah, eh, what are you gonna do? And it's the back road to my parents' house, which I take all the time. And I knew I like I saw the surface, and I'm like, up oh, fresh oil and chips time. I yeah. don't slow down. It's a freaking five thousand dollars Subaru, and even that is paid too much for it. So O four Forester, ooh. And I have a manual, so it's all-wheel drive all the time. To be fair, you waited a really long time to get that manual because you wanted it in manual. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there was the whole, like, call at Deer Lake Auto of just, like, could you keep me, yeah. keep a lookout? Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, you're never going to replace Sally because you're never going to find this yeah. manual for a reasonable price in this area. Right. Because if anyone finds it, they're going to want to charge you out the ass yeah, to, like, they're gonna send it over charge, there. Like, six grand for it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So I still, I drive this, I drive the wheels off the Forester and I'm just cruising down this road at 40 miles an hour. Speed limit's 35, you know, eh, PA. And also, you know, Subaru's speedometer goes a little bit high. So who knows? I'm going along. I'm not slowing down for the corners. I know what this car is going to do. It, it starts sliding a little bit, but it's not out of control. I'm not rally driving it. I'm just 
not, I'm, I'm, I haven't adjusted my driving at all, knowing that these tires are good and it's an all wheel drive system. And I know how this car handles. Mm. And of course, everybody's going, and I, and I hit the line of cars going 15. Mm. And, you know, I'm from fifth gear into fourth gear, third gear. Really, I'm pumping this down to second now. And eventually I get to a straightaway. And it's someone in a Volkswagen Touareg going 15 miles an hour. I'm like, that's another all-wheel drive vehicle, but it's new. So I get why you're not throwing tarry pieces of stone up and up underneath your car. But I don't care what's underneath my car because it's an old car. Yeah. So it's an car. So <laughs> I, I saw it was up ahead. I just gave like three flashes of the high beam, get in the second gear, and I just wrap up to 5,000 RPM. And I bang those gears, bang those gears, EJ25, do what you can. Yeah. And I motor ahead, and I'm sure the person in that car cursed me for doing that. Yeah, but, you know, mm. you're never going to see them again. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's one of those things of just, you know... I see a lot of people do things like that and I don't really begrudge them that if they can do it safely right. without like, there's no road markings and there's no, there was no, technically it wasn't a construction zone because there was no sign. So if you want to get litigious about it, I was well into my rights to make a careful path about this person just poking along on the fresh oil and trip. Yeah, it's weird. I took your edict or well, like one of your sayings became like one of my sayings, which is I don't see a sign saying I can't <laughs> like I use that like all the time now. And now I think like my nephew, that's going to be like in his head now uh -oh. because mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, I don't, you know, because I come to, you know, no turn here or whatever. OK, I can't do that. But when I come to a different part, I'm like, well, I see no sign saying I can't. Yeah. And, you know, if I get pulled over, just be like, hey. I didn't know I couldn't do that in a very yeah. Dave Chappelle way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah, now you know. Uh, Let's uh, sprinkle some crack on him and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, super chat. Super chat. I told everybody we are we have a hard out at 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. because of the, uh, the Ushanka show. The Ushanka show. So probably at 7.30 in 30 minutes, no sign? more super chats because we're gonna have to get through all these things. Do you still have the sign? Yeah, it's over there. Oh, all right, cool. I didn't know if it just like sort of. I don't, I don't know what, what I would expect to happen to the sign. Mm, but... Half life into the carpet. Yeah, <laughs> biodegradable. Eh. Okay, Reed Sanborn says done. Killington plus Reynolds if you need him. A uh, Harpoon Brewery. I've heard of Harpoon. Is eighteen minutes from my house. Killington is thirty eight minutes. When he says done Killington plus Reynolds, if you need him. Oh, he says done that. That's what it takes to get to new England is to tempt me with a Killington trip. <laughs> um, I would drive up there. I haven't been to Killington. I should ask foster if he wants to go. Cause apparently I've not, I haven't skied with him, but he's a good skier. Now he was just at copper mountain last winter. So, you know, East Coast is what it is. Yeah. It's not West Coast. I will be going to Copper Mountain this winter. Uh, that'll be my winter trip. But I'm like, yo, Foster, fly to fly to Philly. We'll go skiing at 
<laughs> I, I I just caught my like my beer gut in yeah. there. We'll a fly to Philly. We'll go skiing at Blue Mountain, and we'll road trip up to Killington. Mm. Whether or not Tony Airlines can get off for that, I don't know. Reed Sanborn, if you can, if you're still listening, send me an email, regularcars at gmail.com. Just say RCR ski trip, and that will get my undivided attention. Uh, Raffle Bomber 2012 says, come down to Denver. We're still skiing up here. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Coloradians. Yeah. Workforce 520 has a reply saying, "I we uh, people had questions about where I stood on the Oxford comma, I, I, and I say use it. It's not costing you anything. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the one that comes before and, right? In a list of things. After and. After and. Or, was yo, wait, you're right. You're yeah. right. Before and. Yeah, uh, because then in that case, I could understand why people hate it. I don't use it. I got I mixed up. I'm sorry in the very beginning of this. Nick is right. It's beforehand. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Blank, he bought blank, comma, blank, comma, and. And. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't use the Oxford comma unless there's some sort of. I don't know. Workforce 520 says, I use Oxford comma because it looks proper to me. And indeed it is. I had a textbook that alternated between using it and not using it. And it bugged me. Yeah. That's the thing. Either use it or don't, but commit. Yeah. Well, if it's a textbook, I imagine there were it passed through many hands. Yeah. Um, so you got a writer who used it and a writer who didn't. Yeah. You know, but unless it's a textbook attributed to one author, and even then it could be many editors. So who knows? Paul 006, thank you for your donation, says, What kind of gin and vermouth are you using? I'm using double bottom shelf. I use Gilby's gin because $8 and 49 cents. And I use Trumblo dry vermouth because it was like $2 and 89 cents. I mean, like it's probably sacrilege to say for the booze enthusiasts and booziest. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, that to me, like gin is gin. Gin is kind of gin. It's, it's just whatever. It's now kind American of airlines, you ask for a gin and tonic, you're getting Bombay Sapphire. Mm. You may not be getting no, they don't have Hendrix, but you'll get Bombay Sapphire. And we've been over this before, haven't we? That now that we know if we're sitting in an exit row, we yeah. get booze. Which I feel you get like one, yeah. <laughs> I'm owed back drinks from all the time that I didn't get booze in the right. exit row. All those like we had two trips, like we had the trip to Austin. I'm like, I didn't drink. I'm like, I'll have a tonic water yeah. or nothing. That's gin and tonic. It's that that's gin and tonic is is now my airline drink. Nah, I just have like a Merlot or something. Nice. Because I'm a wino. I like Wah. it. Yeah. I saw at the state store they're selling they're uh they're selling wine in cans now, like beer cans. Cans. Can o wine. Oh man, they're pulling straight from it's always sunny. Yeah. Now. Yeah, because they would drink like a box wine and just have a can under it. And <laughs> then they're praising what a great idea it is, except like it stained their mouth somehow. <laughs> like I've never gotten mouth stains from wine. I don't get how Ooh, I, I get them, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like your teeth I'm change a little I'm the color, swishy but... guy. Yeah. Oh. You swish? Oh, no, I don't swish. That's probably uh, why. So, like, I guess I'm not really a cultured wino. Like, I don't mm, talk about, well, you know, it's got a long nose and full-bodied and... Mm. Clake from State Farm. $10 says, 
I love your channel. I agree on the Oxford comma. Only schmucks don't use it. New York Times case in point. Thanks for the many excellent automotive histories and poop jokes. Do you like to cook? I do like to cook, but I like to cook for efficiency because I eat the same dinner every night. I eat steamed rice, mixed vegetables, and a revolving door of meats. And because there are, it's the type of dinner I can like over, over there is where my computer desk is. And I eat at my computer desk because I don't have a table in this apartment. This, put this on this laptop is, well, actually there's a oh, coffee yeah, table yeah, over yeah, there, yeah. but yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Something. Anyway. Do I, do I like to cook? Yes. Um, but I have a goal and it's a very pedestrian goal of learning how to cook a steak properly on a stove. And I still haven't mastered it. Mm. I pulled it off once in Alaska and I don't know how I, well, I, I know how I did it, but I haven't been able to replicate it here. Oh. What I did was I took a steak and it was frozen too. It was a frozen steak. I let it thaw out for like two days. I packed it in salt. Wait, I beat it with a hammer mm. while oh. it was still in a plastic bag. Huh. Then I packed it in salt, then rinsed off the salt, and then threw it in a pan with butter. And it was ungodly good. Huh. And well, I pulled it off once and haven't pulled it off again. Last week, my brother made dinner and uh the like i was he had like a a mid-rare steak uh -huh. and it was like killer and yeah. it, you know cast iron skillet you know you're you you're basting it and going over and sort of and then you know after a while he gets it to a point where like all he has to do is like sear yeah. for a little bit and like i don't know i should have watched him do it but i i was just kind of in my own world uh writing yeah. and it's just kind of crazy how getting steak correct is an yeah. art unto itself like yeah. never mind the rest of the culinary arts i don't if, think either of us have gone to the brick house and asked for a steak that's that, i've not that would be a thing like a celebratory thing for something just yeah. say yeah we would like We've never had a steak here. Yeah, if we I'd get like to a steak. If we get to like a million subscribers, we'll like <laughs> just live. Like steak, yeah, steak. yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see, that's the weird thing. Steak isn't really expensive. Like around where we are, a steak dinner will be thirty dollars. It's a lot of money, but compared to like the city or something, it's not. Yeah. So, and when I say city, I'm alternating between Philly and uh, the five boroughs. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks from Cake from State Farm. Daniel Norton says, please watch the movie Meet the Feebles. I thought that was a trash movie and I didn't watch it. Did you watch Meet no. the Feebles? Okay. Uh, You'll either love it or it'll be your suicide note. I mean, is that a screwball comedy? Is that Meet the Feebles? Is that in line with like... Looking it up. Um, that Adam Sandler's movie where he dressed in drag. No, not that one. The other one. <laughs> oh, like uh, uh, Jack and Jill. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a parody. While he looks that up, I'm going to answer this question for Shutterfly. Shutterfly says, have you ever skied elk? No, I have never skied elk mountain in, in northern PA. 
because that's the thing about Pennsylvania. It's really easy to get to Philly. It's really easy to get to Allentown and Jersey. It's easy. It's a pain in the ass, but it's easy. But it's a nondescript drive to Pittsburgh. But getting up into northern Pennsylvania, there's no major highways. Like getting to State College from here is yeah. almost the same amount of time as it takes to get to Pittsburgh. Because huh. it's just like back roads. I re Well, maybe not. It's like three hours, I think. Yeah. To get to State College. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's not a bomb highway because once you get up deep into the Appalachians and getting over them, it's just like, so no, I've never been to Elk. And Meet the Feebles is from Peter Jackson, director of Lord of the Rings. It's from 1989. Fame-seeking members of the animal kingdom experience the sleazier side of show business in this puppet-filled parody. Oh. So it's Jim Henson-esque, you know. Okay puppets it's not quite a mop and it's not quite a, a puppet, puppet but, but man <laughs> so to answer your question i don't know <laughs> yeah. uh i knew this one guy in college uh kevin boyle he was really into muppet culture which i didn't know was a thing huh yeah like people make their own and stuff oh, oh like tecmon yeah. uh has like a muppet of himself or maybe it's a puppet i don't know the difference i would love to have a felt puppet of myself yeah. Like just for humor's sake, of, <laughs> of course, then I'd become that like annoying ventriloquist guy as opposed to just that annoying guy. And you so, learn like three magic tricks. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. show up at TGI Fridays. It's like, oh, Nick's here. Oh, oh little Nick's here too. <laughs> like it's just, hey, hey, guys, what are you going on about? It's the get, it's the not getting laid version of the acoustic guitar. Pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, Man, here's... If, I, if I learned like a bunch of chords on the acoustic guitar, like that's the thing that I envy about you, that being like the, the acoustic guitar is the in. Yeah. I mean, Wonderwall jokes aside. Funnily enough, I don't actually know. I never <laughs> learn how to play Wonderwall and I refuse to learn how to play, even though like it's probably the easiest song in the yeah. world. But it's just a matter of principle for me. <laughs> of course, I say that and, you know. It's like shopping at Walmart. It's the it's Walmart of... It's it's a Walmart song played on a Walmart guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, you're in the aisle now and you mm. want to be reminded of 1995. Zap B42, no question, but thank you for your donation, sir. The same with Nullification, no question, but thank you for the generous donation. Rob C. Motoring just saying ha ha here again and happy fourth, our show. I have no plans for tomorrow. Actually, I think I'm going to go hang out with Tony Airlines. Which means I think I'm driving to somewhere I'm somewhere near Princeton, New Jersey. I know the town, but it's not coming to me right now. I love the idea that at any given time, Tony Airlines could be anywhere. <laughs> oh, he says he's casually flying to the UK Friday. Ah. He's like, ah. Cash. Because he, he has off until like the 12th. Ah. Like he's not scheduled to fly anywhere. He's like, I'm just going to hitch a ride to the UK. I mean, you son I, of a bitch. Yeah, if I could just because I was thinking about Tom Clark last night because I listened to a few songs by the enemy. And yeah. I'm like, I wonder what Tom Clark's up to. Yeah, I still follow him on like social media. He just never posts anything. Nah. Same with uh, Kate and yeah. them. And so I was just kind of interested in uh, and strangely enough, like a musical about the enemy came out like since we were there. Yeah. And I'm like, I would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's something that is uh it feels farther away than it probably is if right. you can just casually it's go a, there. it's a seven hour flight yeah if that. you can take it any time you want 
Yeah. We can we can be at his house. You could be back the same day. Yeah. If you left like really early in the morning, just slept on the flight, yeah. woke up, just screwed around, provided yeah. you didn't have jet lag. Right. It, it's so weird. I was on the elliptical machine last night and I watched like two or three live videos or, 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 or uh, live performances by the enemy that are on YouTube. And it's like something, something like Brighton Festival or something, 2008. Mm. And I'm like, holy shit. Like all these people are singing this guy's songs. And I shit up that guy's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's the link. It's the moment. Like, that guy is a legit. Like, to me, Tom Clark is just this guy who's into old cars. And we talk about F-150s. And I know this is a humble brag. And it's like, this guy is a rock star but to me he's a guy we just talk about cars like he's played in front of more people than i will ever like see with yeah. two eyes in my right. entire life um it, it's just strange to me like i the, you know when they're all singing like you're not alone yeah and yeah. he's at like the o2 in wembley mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. i'm like that's how holy you, shit how like, do you keep it together yeah, on stage i'm just like that's a question for tom because we we hardly talked about music how do you keep it together in front of the population of a small town yeah and they're all singing this i wonder if it's like an out-of-body experience i can only imagine it would have to be yeah. i mean i i like i have trouble singing in front of 20 people at an open mic like now to I'm not performing at the level of a Tom Clark yeah. who's writing at the level of a Tom Clark. Yeah. You know, it's just when you create something that people have that type of connection to for a lot of people, that's like their adolescence or maybe it's yeah. something like it's kind of how green day talks about good riddance time of your life. How, when they wrote the song, it's like, they didn't think they were writing anybody's prom song or graduation song. Mm -hmm. They were just writing a song. And so I imagine it's the same for the enemy and like for Tom Clark, because, you know, you're writing a song, but that could be a pivotal part of the soundtrack of someone's life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like they're finally getting to see you. Of course, they're going to sing your stuff. Yeah. That was my moment when I went to see the slackers at Mr. Small's theater um, in Millvale, which is a suburb of uh, Pittsburgh for people who are wondering. And that was only like last year or the year before. It was it was uh, Tim Strickler, Coraline, and myself. Mm. And one of the opening, I wore an RCR shirt on the off chance anybody from the Slackers knew RCR. But one of the the lead singer for the opening for an opening band saw that shirt and was like, "Holy shit, are you him?" <laughs> and I'm like, and then he actually called out from the stage, like we have a celebrity in the audience. <laughs> now, granted, this is Mr. Smalls, so it's 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 just a little venue. Yeah, it's literally a block from Tim's house, Tim's old house. Now he moved. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. south of Pittsburgh, so or north, I forget. He's like an hour out of Pittsburgh now, which is Pittsburgh traffic, which is like Pittsburgh driving around Pittsburgh is like New Zealand because it's all hills. Yeah, so it's not miles; it's time. Mm. anyway um that was a huge deal for me seeing the slackers because during my incredibly depressive state 2007 which ended in 2008 like that was me therapist not medication but like dropped out of grad school that was before i met you because mm. grad school for me is grad school part one and grad school part actually no grad school part one is split in half it's like pre-depression post-depression 
I'm, I, I lasted not even a year in grad school. It just kicked my ass and thought, I'm going to be stuck in Pennsylvania forever. Yeah. I can't hack it here. Yeah. Until I realized that, you know, just the act. I didn't know that in grad school for writing, if you just show up, you're getting a B. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought this is my ticket away from my parents. Not to knock my parents, but it's like everybody else left uh, this county. I'm the last one here and I'll never leave and blah, blah, blah. Even though I still live in this county, I can leave anytime I want. It's different now. Exactly. Like you have the means by which to, you know, people who are tied down with kids and a mortgage don't have the same freedom, mm -hmm. you know? So anyway, but as I went through therapy, I mean, we'll be honest. It, it's not really a downer. I don't look at it as a downer. I just look at it as honesty. It was like I was I was suicidal because I thought if I can't if I can't grasp this knowledge of English literature, that means I'm not getting out. That means I'm going to be a loser and everything. I'm going to be living in my parents' house forever. Um, and I had a Ruger GP 100 357 Magnum. And at one point it was loaded and it was right here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all I have to do is pull this hammer back and pow, pow, it could go off. Now I since sold, I don't own any handguns anymore. Yeah. Like people say you should be, people say, Mr. Regular review handguns. Yeah. I don't touch them. That's a lie. I've shot some, I was, I have a few friends who have them and I've been in a range. I'm like, yes, I remember how, but as a rule, I don't get near them. Um, Cause it just feels weird. Yeah. It's, it takes you back to a dark period in your yeah. life. And even though you came out on the other side of it in a, better state you know yeah. um it's still not pleasant to go back to that sort of uh, right. uh memory of ideation where you're suddenly like the person you were for a few moments right you know i can't say that i haven't like had this the exact same thoughts where i'm thinking yeah. the exact same thing yeah like you know i could uh, and it's just it's very it's a slippery slope, I guess. Yeah. And it's better to get the help that you need when you need to get it and not right. feel any shame about mm. asking for help. Yeah. Because that's the only way that like I'm able to sort of thrive right now in the face of my anxiety. Cause mm. you know, and uh, it's a depressive state too, but I still have things around me that matter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. And, I remember, and like the postscript of this is stuff that came out in therapy, like, and my sexuality came into it as well, of course. Yeah. If you want to really dice it down, I'm like this subset of asexuality called demisexuality, which I don't really feel attraction to people unless like I can afford, uh, um, grab some like emotional bond. So like I, tr and that was another thing that was super frustrating, like going out on dates. It's like, I don't fucking feel anything yeah. like what is wrong with me so anyway the and that's like a weird thing like i have to talk to someone for like a few years before i feel anything so but now at least i have the words to describe what that is yeah and anyway so i was as i was went through therapy and got out of it i got super into ska music 
So because it was like happy songs and I really got into working out and cardio and everything. So I listened to tons of the slackers. And then finally a few years, like last, last, last year or the year before, I can't quite remember. um, I went to see them and I'm like, holy crap, I know every single one of these songs. (laughs) Cause back before they really locked down on BitTorrent, like I have some slackers albums. I'm sorry, Vic, but I did download a bunch, but I came out and I bought a bunch of merch at the show yeah. I'll see you guys again. Um, uh, but I knew all the songs and I'm like, holy crap, I knew every single one of these songs. And uh, I was singing along and had a great time. And how did I get to, to talking about the slackers? Oh, it is almost 730. So if you can, please stop uh, doing super chats because uh, we need to re- we had this long conversation and I really need to get to them. In fact, I'm going to get the sign. Uh, the the well. question right now. Uh, hey guys, uh, usually have class. I usually miss these. Glad I could watch live. I uh, wish I had an inter- interesting question. Yeah, uh, Zap B forty two. That's five dollars. Thanks. Uh, nope. Uh, doesn't. Nope. Uh, for two dollars says, what do you guys think of the alt right? I think everybody has their uh, cross they want to nail themselves up upon and their hill they want to die on. And that's all I really want to touch on that topic. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. Quinn Dickinson. Hey, you know, I was Quinn. just thinking, I think of you every time I see a fire truck. <laughs> uh, getting some exhaust work done on my Volvo S80 soon. What did it need? My uh, mid muffler to delete. Uh-oh. Mm. And new muffler. Almost at 200,000 miles. Any update on an S80 review? Yeah, you know, uh, just come to the racquetball club sometime. We'll figure it out. Uh, I'm going to message you sometime about some fire truck events. Uh, I'm digging the fire truck events, but the thing about going to a fire truck show is I have no idea what I'm looking at. Yeah. Because fire trucks are fire trucks. Yeah, it's not like planes where you're like, okay, I know like, that. Like, um, okay, Quinn knows all about fire trucks and he knows tons of history. Like, the thing about fire trucks is that they're almost all coach builds made specifically for like communities and stuff like that. Whereas airplanes are built by firms and they're kind of the same. I mean, they're outfitted different on the inside. Well, to make that the same. I wish I'm I'm like, for Quinn's sake, I try to get into fire trucks. But to me, they all look the same. They're like the Borg. (laughs) It's a fire truck. (laughs) Beginning and end of my thought process on this vehicle. Assimilation complete. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Thanks though, Quinn Dickinson. We'll figure out the Volvo thing. Jesse Galver, uh, uh, Schilling Bruin in Littleton, New Hampshire. If you're in the White Mountains, Garrison City in Dover, where do you think car culture will be without? Where do you think car culture would be without Lee Iacocca? Um, I think if he didn't do what he did, we probably would have had the Cardinal because that's what McNamara wanted instead yeah. of the Mustang. Ford would have pushed uh, small displacement stuff. But you see, the the baby boomers were young and something would have happened because people called like other cars like Chrysler had like the 300 before that. There were there were large displacement engines and it probably would have been GM. Honestly, they would have come up with something. But it makes me wonder about the proliferation of things like the minivan in the 1980s. You know, like after the Chrysler bailout, suddenly you have all these um full-size vehicles but also vehicles that are geared towards family in a period where we're coming out of the the uh obsession with imports the fascination with foreign cars 
And so the 1980s, like, yeah. Huh? Is this? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a line. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. It's can you read it? Yeah, you can read it. Um, it's all kind of warped because it's all crumpled up in the corner. But yeah, from like a car culture standpoint, like it's kind of makes me wonder like the entire landscape would be different because I can't imagine anyone else securing the government bailout loans. Right. Uh, the way yeah, that Chrysler I, probably would have gone. Under. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, just having a Chrysler jacks everything up in the price range now more than ever. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're if Iaco is not around. So, yeah, he was massively important. Jesse Gower says, uh, Schilling Bruin in Littleton, Ohio, if you guys are near the White Mountains, Garrison City in Dover. Where do you think car call? Oh, we just answered that. I'm sorry. So sorry. Um, very legal and very cool and very generous donation. Thank you. Um, when you guys come to Seattle, I'd love to take you guys hiking out on our beautiful coast. The roads are very similar to those in New Zealand. We also have great skiing. Yay. What are both of your thoughts on Frank Kafka's The Hunger Artist? Never read it. Never read it. I, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I wish. Uh, I mean, hey, summer reading material. So maybe. Uh, Frederick Knutson from Down the Rabbit Hole suggested I get up on this one Asimov novel. Because I, I read some Asimov in high school. I read Nine Tomorrows, which I think was a compilation of short stories. Mm. But I never read this one novel. And it's on my Amazon list. Normally what I've been doing is I'll, I'll make an Amazon over order every month. I'll just build my card up. Yeah. And then it's usually stuff related to the show. And then after the Patreon comes in and thank you for everybody who donates on Patreon. Once that comes in, I'm like, okay, got some money for the show and maybe money for myself and I'll make the Amazon order. Yes. Um, so that's when that book's coming in. But if you have any other suggestions for bathroom reading, please let me know. I love those Uncle John's bathroom readers. They were I just hate those books. I love those books. Oh, really? All, all throughout uh, high school, I would just sit in the bathroom, and I was probably giving myself hemorrhoids from sitting there for so long. But still, it was just, you know, they had sections divided into how long your sit was going to be. Really? And it was filled with completely useless information. That was the thing. It was useless to me. I wanted to learn something while uh, I pushed something. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, nope said, did Iacocca have a hand in American culture? Car, da, 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 da. Did Iacocca have a hand in American car, car culture becoming stagnant and having to be bailed out repeatedly? In other words, I think you're asking, did he set a precedent? In his eyes, he didn't because um, in his autobiography, they bailed out other large manufacturers before, perhaps not automotive manufacturers, but it was still heavy industry. Yeah, it was an attempt <laughs> to keep me. the whole economy afloat. Right. I mean, and the idea that it would have that it wouldn't have stagnated anyway is it feels like a, a misnomer, a, a bad take, I guess. But I, I, by the same token, you could argue that, you know stuff like the 56 for 56 campaign, making cars more uh, sort of new cars, more accessible to people through financing, through financing sort of um, helped proliferate car culture. But then when it got to the sort of plateau that it reached with things like the Mustang, with things like the GTO, if you want to go over to Pontiac and that whole 
subculture of cars that you were going to get stagnation, especially as the boomers got older mm -hmm. and they valued cars less and family uh, investment more, I suppose. Yeah. It was the Reagan years. <laughs> right. Yeah. But one of the big things about the bailout from Chrysler is that when he, when Iacocca paid the government back, he did it with a gigantic check in front of a press conference. So it was well known that, look, this was a bailout, but we paid every single cent back. Yeah. So whether GM did that yet, I don't know. And probably if they may, maybe didn't have a big foam core check that they signed and said, here is all the money back. Yeah. Ford, by the way, made it well known to everybody that they didn't take bailouts. Huh. So that's a thing. Right. So it's a problem, I guess, of uh, how much does it cost to send out a tweet and just say, hey, we're at the Radisson. Come here. We're bailing it out. Somebody come with a handy cam to film this. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, do, do, do. Oh, people were saying F. Oh, no, no, no. F. For a um, um, Iacoga, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. I'm going through here. Uh, Taro Unterberger. 569. Nice. Longtime fan. If I drove my shitbox Volvo 242 plus T out to you, would you review it and give it the glorious 240? Give the glorious 240 some recognition from your previous review. Um, funny thing about the Volvo 242, I think we had, I think I had this fan art that said the Volvo 242 is the closest thing that resembles Beatrice Santello's car from uh, Night in the Woods. I'm interested in seeing one of those cars in person. Does yours have the round headlights? I hope it does. Again, uh, Taro, what you need to do is send an email to regularcars at gmail.com. Year, make, model, city, state in the title of the email and also in the body of the email. Uh, write your phone number and a picture of the car if you want. Thank you very much, and I'll do what I can. Yeah. How come he hasn't done a CRZ? CRZs pop up again and again. It's just time and scheduling. That's the reason I haven't done it. Rafael Varga doesn't have a question, but thank you for the one euro. Uh, Brian Sofield also doesn't have a question, but thank you so much for your generous donation as well. Um, Paul Wagner. Nice. And people were nicing as well in, in the comments to that. Uh, Joe Man Bodyguard doesn't have a question, but thank you so much for your donation. Cravey's Eyes, Ivan, two times. It wouldn't be a podcast if it wasn't for you. Thank you again for the dollar. Gin and tonic help prevent malaria, too. I guess this is where I was talking about drinking on planes. Oh, uh, uh thing? Yeah. yeah. Murray Mack and Shaka, this is a, this is one one uh thing there that i have a hard time reading uh skiing and mammoth is still going on too damn it is really murray mac and Chan i'm not i'm not even trying sorry <laughs> but skiing and mammoth is still going on too in july really hmm i've never done the skiing in like shorts and t-shirt that's something i'd like to do after i saw like old vhs videos of people doing that in the 80s Oh, someone says I-81 goes to Elk Mountain. Really? Didn't know that. Didn't know that. 
Um, There's a question in the live chat about uh, thoughts on fireworks becoming legal in PA. And what I realized, like, you know, those like illegal fireworks yeah. that they had. I realized that with this, there are fewer of those fireworks tents than I've ever seen before. Yep. Like they're nowhere to be found. There's one like down there at the Cresona Mall, and that's the only one, and one up by the Cabela's. That's it. And all the fireworks are in like the supermarket now. Like as you're leaving. Oh, the freedom kit. Yeah. Fre uh, I had this, I had this post I sent to uh the Johnsons um down in New Zealand. One had like extreme man, like everything's Marvel Universe now. <laughs> so it's just like fireworks man, and it was like really well drawn. I'm like, huh. This they, they put a lot of effort into this packaging for something that's going to be thrown away and burned up. Yep, that's America. I think we got to the end of end of the questions. So, like, um, I feel like there was another live chat question that I wanted. To, oh, uh, what's this knife in my back, GM? I was wondering if seven thirty five. Yeah, we're right on. Yeah. We're right on part. Yeah. I was wondering if you guys would ever consider going to Honda Fest in Connecticut. I've never been to Connecticut. Weirdly. I've driven through it. <laughs> oh, maybe i've driven through it yeah. uh, like as a kid um, no i've never never been the honda fest that would be a thing that would be no um, longer have a fit but this person uh says how have you guys not done an ek civic yet i have a completely stock 98 hatch that i've emailed in around no, two years I, ago um well you can bump the email um yeah. again if it's if it's in a part of the country where we're not going to get to you know it is what it is oh and this one, Martini Racing, speaking that, uh, what's all yours opinions about bourbon? Bourbon? Bourbon. Love bourbon. Now, well, well normally we're doing scotch. Yeah. So, I mean, bourbon comes around. I think I had it once on a plane and like pretended I was Hunter S. Thompson, but that was kind of it. Yeah. Wait, actually, he drank wild turkey. Well, that is bourbon. That's Kentucky yeah, bourbon. It's, I don't know. I, I do. Wait, no, Oban isn't bourbon. And why am I there? That's no. the thing of trying to differentiate between bourbon, whiskey and rye. And I, I'm sure we I, we literally had this conversation on a yeah, podcast yeah. before and somebody in the chat described it. So I'll have to go back and watch that again to really get the 411. Justin Burnash from Prime Driven knows the difference. Uh, so that's a thing. Speaking of liquor, I am going to get my third tiny gin and tonic not even that it's a martini have some more water Brian. Mm. thank you for asking my question i saw something once that i haven't seen since a dodge durango but the rear side windows were just metal making it like a van Kind of like how the HAR has a cargo version. I didn't even think they did that on a Dodge Durango, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Uh, unless somebody just like painted over their windows. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of weird things that I never thought I'd see that I keep seeing. Mm -hmm. Like the proliferation of the Polaris slingshot. Right. I really thought right. that that was going to be like a one-off thing. Right. And now they're like the spotted lantern fly. Yeah. They're the all Polaris slingshot is everywhere. And that other sort of tricycle one with the wheel double wheels in the front. Unless that's also a Polaris, Polaris. Yeah. They'd be wise to just that corner the market <laughs> on uh like I had this picture I sent to Tony Airlines. It's like Here comes, I forget what I said to him, something to the tune of, 
here comes pop pop future or time traveling pop up whatever it was an excuse to, to just take a picture of this grandpa guy no helmet of course um no they never do on on the polaris or on the uh frontward facing snowmobile like road going vehicle yeah. wearing the polo shirt and the gigantic ca uh, carbohydrates belly <laughs> as and what it needed to have is the jetson's sky car noise as he's going <laughs> away unlimited breadsticks <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like a late generation x's revenge against millennials for confusing them so now they want to confuse millennials back yeah make them say hey what's that mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm scared by things i don't understand uh, <laughs> world's getting weird and i don't know what to do about it okay yeah. but i know what to do about it it's called gin when is the next Massachusetts visit? Have we ever been to Massachusetts? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to go to Beantown eventually. Do, do they still call it Beantown, Boston? I, I, I don't even know. It's uh, It gave us such wonderful things as Bill Burr. Um, and I imagine other really good things. Um, oh, they, they gave us a new kids on the block. Why is, why is that the like second thing that popped into my head? I think like it gave us the Wahlbergs. Like, why am I thinking of these things when Bo Boston's probably given us, you know, a lot of other things? I mean, I still from time to time watch Bill Burr's rant about uh, Philadelphia when he completely ranted against the crowd that turned on him. And I, I just, yeah. Oh, that's a good answer. Uh, Life in the 413. Yeah, Boston gave you a place called America. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's something um unique in the sense that boston has a very lively and active car culture from what i have been made to understand and so i personally would love to visit it sometime it's just i also hear that it's a nightmare to get around uh if you're in the city proper so we would end up probably being in a suburb of boston and sort of having a base of operations from there now this is just me spitballing because uh you know the vacation or not vacation the travel plans are sort of you know they come as they come you know right. like we'll figure out after uh canada where next and yeah. that's as someone asked if we were doing uh in the live chat earlier if we were doing the woodward dream cruise and that's yeah, a no. pass I, I mean it's not that it's something that we wouldn't want to do it's just that we like to kind of space out our sort of work related travel and i also looked at the hotels for woodward dream cruise and they surge priced like crazy it's like, like new york hampton Inn was like 290 dollars a night mm. yeah. Yeah, and I, like you can write it off, but you're not seeing that money. No, no. Uh, you know, it's that's why I try to get I'm watching uh, a bunch of cars drive by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel that that we get spoiled to the point that it looks really dark, doesn't it? Oh, because of the sign. Oh, it was white balancing <laughs> for the sign. The sign oh, fell off. That was timing. That was great. That timing. was amazing timing. Press, but still, don't send any questions. <laughs> yeah, press F for the sign. Yeah. The. Uh, I feel like we legitimately get spoiled. Not only are we at a museum, we're at a museum when it's closed. Yeah. And we just get to drive what they have in stock. Yeah. And the idea of going to just a car show and watching cars go drive by, and it's like, I expect to be able to get at least get in them and drive them around a parking lot. And I can understand how celebrities just ask for things. Like, I remember when I met you in grad school and you were the guy with the motorcycle. 
Um, mm -hmm. and you were like the first and only friend that I had for like yeah. my entire first year of grad school, right? And um, I imagine like telling that guy that, hey, you're gonna get to go to this museum <laughs> in Nashville and drive all these weird cars. Like, I still have yeah. the the notes in the little printout note in my pocket for the really weird thing that we did in Nashville. Oh, like right. the super weird thing. Yeah. And uh I need to write about that. Um but it's yeah. one of those things that uh I I would never have like it would not have occurred to me then. And it still kind of doesn't occur to me now. Like I'm still amazed like when we walked into the uh um the auto uh lane. motor lane motor museum there we go uh it, it's just like the idea of all these different um rare cars and any one of them is drivable like you could drive any one of them out of there they just need to get a plate on it yeah and it's just insane to me of just like why is this not like packed every single day that it's open yeah. and for all i know it is but we were on a day one of the two days where they're closed yeah so it's just very interesting and if you ever get the opportunity i know it's a very cheap plug but please go to lane uh did i did we ever get to drive the propeller car at lane you're talking about the akrana plan no we didn't jason torshinsky did drive that and i think they threw hot dogs through the propeller and they said the <laughs> car makes no sense it has no torque because a propeller is meant to pull a car through an through a vehicle through an air, and a plane is way lighter than a road going vehicle. Yeah. So it it doesn't make any sense. No, not uh, half the things in there don't make any sense. Yeah. There's this car that I wish I could remember it's, what it was called. It looks like uh, the the haircut from Parker Lewis can't lose. Like it's just digging deep. Like yeah, it's just I don't know how to explain it. It's was a very, that the one like, that's all stained like silver or stainless steel? No, this one was it was like rhubarb color. <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a it was like a trapezoid or or some kind of mathematical shape that I don't understand because I was a liberal arts major. So it's just madness all the things that they have in there and it's a rotating collection right so that you know next time we go there we might have like completely different things there mm -hmm. uh, to see and to experience and yeah. so yeah it was really cool getting to go um and, yeah. I, this this is non sequitur but it's a wrestling question oh go for it um when did mankind start like, um, like I know, like not regional stuff. Like when was he on TV? Oh, when? Well, okay. Well, Mick Foley's career goes back way to the 1980s when okay. he was um, Jack Foley. Then he was Cactus Jack Manson. Then when he uh, became sort of uh, rehired by World Championship Wrestling, I think in the early 90s, he okay. asked for them to drop the Manson. And so he became known as Cactus Jack. He became popular, eventually went from WCW to um, uh, ECW as Cactus Jack. And then he debuted in the World Wrestling Federation in spring of 1996 as Mankind. Okay. And from there, uh, because they wanted, Vince was like, oh, we're going to call you the, the Mutilator. We've never had a guy called the Mutilator before. And the whole way that you deal with Vince McMahon, apparently, according to Foley, is that you take um, his idea and say, you know what, that's great, but how about this? And so he pitched like the mankind character. And this happens like all, or would happen all the time, you know, like Steve Austin was going to be like Chili McFreeze or something. Um, huh. And yeah, uh, it, until his wife, who was British, um, uh, or his wife at the time was saying uh you know you need to drink your tea before it becomes stone cold like and, and that type of thing it like carries off from uh, there and uh, but yeah but why mick foley i i 
I remember he was the guy who had the sock puppet, right? Yeah, Mr. Okay. Socko. But, <laughs> but that was late 90s. Yes. Okay. Then I I remember it might have been The Undertaker then. Like, uh, there were a few wrestlers who just scared me as a little kid. But when we're a little kid, we're talking about late 80s, early 90s. So that wouldn't have been McFoley. No. Who on the earth would have been that in like 91, 92? See, the, uh, a few of my neighbors oh, watched Papa Shango, maybe. Like the weird uh, voodoo priest who made the uh, ultimate warrior vomit Campbell's soup. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the wrestling, but it's sports uh, entertainment. Yeah, I'll okay. tell you what. Um, but does The Undertaker go back to the 80s? Yeah, well, he debuted in 1990 uh, as uh, The Undertaker. Okay, then I guess that would have... I guess that wouldn't have made sense. I think that had the best, like him and the manager as like the guy yeah. who carried the urn. As, but like, yeah, a... Paul Bearer. And he's, and the great thing about it is that like, he was an actual mortician. Oh, really? Uh, he, the Paul Bearer guy? Yeah. He had his certification and everything um, before he got into pro wrestling as a manager. And then um, after that, like he was a manager in, I think like world-class championship wrestling before they're like, Hey, we're bringing him in. It's a Paul Bearer character. And so, yeah, it's very um, interesting kind of seeing the evolution of The Undertaker because he's still around. He just had a match with like he's not How around regularly. He? he shows up every now and then he's in his like 50s uh -huh. and he's the thing with The Undertaker is that like he's had so many chances to really call it a career and sort of go out on a high note right off into that sunset. But he comes back because they offer him like seismic shitloads of money to mm. do like one more match. And I get it. I wouldn't be able to resist either. But he had this match in Saudi Arabia with Bill Goldberg like three weeks ago, it, which was one of the worst matches ever. No, well, no, OK, that's that's hyperbole. And I'm embarrassed to have said that. But it's. <laughs> One of those things where, like, okay, Goldberg goes for a spear, he knocks himself into the post, gets himself knocked loopy, and suddenly this match completely falls apart. Like, they're not able to get their moves out, they're not able to actually connect or get anything, you know, going. And so, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, it's it was just a mess House of, of a the match. Maid. I see you're, I, I see what you're, you're, you're trying to ask me something. I'm, I'm sorry, to oh, no, 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 no. I, just I was to... pretty much done. Um, okay. So, uh, you know what it was? I think it was the time I got really super high at Matt Fisher's house. And then, but this would have been in 2008. Mankind would have still been wrestling or Mick. No, I, uh, was he no, done by then? Yeah, he was like done. By, I, ah. he, or at least as Mankind. Like he did I have a few this shots really bad memory of Mankind and the sock puppet, but I can't remember where it's from. I mean, it easily could have been one of those, uh, Freak episodes with where you know um get you, you just they're playing old clips you know oh, like a clip okay. show of just like hey these are classic moments in wrestling history like the time mankind fell off of like the 20 16 feet off the hell in the <laughs> cell in pittsburgh <laughs> and by all rights should have been killed um god i remember that time i was at matt fisher's house shout out to matt fisher where I got super stoned because Luke Glog had some weed and I hit it hard because I was that type of weed smoker. This is so dumb. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I was in swim team in middle school <laughs> and I would take these, I would exhale all of my air. I would go, 
You're just like macho manning the the the, the cream cream of the crop the top. I did that shit twice. <laughs> and I went to the man. I was going and then I I did it twice. And then I go back into Matt's house and he was watching wrestling and maybe it was a clip show. I don't know, but like everything, but the TV was really getting blurry. Mm. And I had these off, like the moment I knew I was going under. Yeah. Whereas I had this moment where I don't know if what's happening is what's really happening or if I'm imagining it. Yeah. So I go back, go back out to the porch. I sit with Luke and Luke, it Luke was dressed as I'm, I'm serious. This is how the party went down. Luke was dressed as a pirate, but it's <laughs> April. It's not Halloween. Luke was just dressed as a pirate for this party. Yeah. And he Luke knew because Luke sat next to me in Latin class. Um God, I I miss Latin class. Cause I just would bullshit with Luke Glog every single day. And I learned nothing in Matt in, in, in Latin class anyway. So, but I started to think that my entire universe, the entire universe is Luke Glog telling me that he's his, that I'm his friend <laughs> or that he's my friend. He's like, I'm her friend. Everything's okay. Turns out I tried to jump off the porch and I bit Matt Fisher. I don't have no memory of biting Matt Fisher. Now, Matt Fisher played, or I don't know if he still plays, but at the time was playing semi-pro football. So he was a big dude. Yeah. And he and he told me later, like, dude, after that, I was ready to fucking punch you. Yeah. Because I was super freaking out. I, uh, who drove me home? Uh, Amanda Brazana, Amanda, yeah. Amanda drove me home. It was a girl because I remember you said that like the next morning you called like, where's my car? It's like, so do you want to know what you did? Like, like oh, oh, and I've had that call. That's yeah. not a good call. The thing is like all of that. And then I threw up in somebody's shoes mm. in the car because I was getting the spins because I was drinking Miller High Life before oh. I got high. So... Yeah, I'll still partake, but the set and setting has to be. Uh, it's got to be really comfortable. Yeah, it's got to be like farm. It's got to the setting has to be the physical manifestation of Fish's farmhouse album. Yeah, it's so, it, it sounds like you want to go to the place from the movie that just came out today midsummer and mm. i read that screenplay it's a completely bonkers movie mm. and i'm it's from the director of hereditary writer director and so i'm probably going to see it um even though hereditary was kind of whatever for me but still 
<laughs> Someone says, I always pound six millers before I bong hit. I love the trip balls. The spins are not fun, man. I don't know. What no, they're the worst part about. of boozing up. I mean, yeah. it's that. The, thing. See, that's the thing is you, you, you start drinking Miller High Life or Coors Banquet <laughs> or Steel Reserve or Woodchuck Cider and you get drunk confidence and then weed shows up and you're like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Hell That's hey, no. my buddy weed came. Hey, <laughs> yo, we've been waiting for you Duh. all day. Uh, Dude, I we have to be really specific about what or like really vague about what you're talking about, but um no, actually I can't bring this up. I have to bring it up up afterwards. But that one guy who lived in the neighborhood moved out, but that purple still, I can smell it. So it oh. wasn't him, which means it's the other person. Oh, wow. Which is funnier. That, that, that is hilarious. Um, Stickiest of the icky. Anyway, um, what do you guys think of Tarantino? His, uh, ninth, his ninth movie is coming out this summer. What's his Yeah, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's like a fictionalized version of the 1970 late 60s early 70s i don't know it's got like an all-star cast that you'd like rip your own nuts out to get on your movie like it's got leo it's got brad pitt it's got margot robbie as sharon tate because they're going to be covering the manson murders too mm. but uh, trailers out like i would definitely go check out that trailer after this but it's very much in line with the type of movie that tarantino would do well in terms of like setting uh, right. subject matter um it's it's like with uh, I, I don't know it just looks really good what the heck this this is something that was tagged because he just said there was shit in it but someone says he overdosed on emodium i thought emodium was supposed to no emodium is the digest it's like mylanta yeah yeah, but it's... I don't know what this guy's talking about. How do you... Well, I was going to say, how do you know that you've overdosed on mm. it? But, I mean, not clearly, you're going to have uh, yeah, signs. I, shits. I, I, I am unfamiliar with this. I mean, I... I know Someone says it's close to opium. Oh, so it's like people thinking they're going to take a whole bunch of CBD oil and get high? Mm-hmm. You Shaka Shoe starts in four. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. All right. So we, we are, are going to be wrapping this up. Everybody, you can follow me over to the YouTube channel, You Shanka Show. As in, you it's You Shanka Show YouTube. We're all going over there. We're going to listen to this guy tell stories about growing up in Kiev in the fucking 80s. <laughs> it's great. Like this, this, this dude, I've been binging all his stuff for honestly the past week. He's somewhere hovering around. He he's under a hundred thousand subscribers, but he's gonna get there. Yeah. This guy's got stories up. for days, and all it is is just listen to this guy talk about the Soviet Union, and times are what they are. It's super relevant, and this guy talks slow, deliberately, and in a world where all of YouTube is just trying to grab your attention, this guy's playing the long game. Mm. It's um oh uh, you like uh what no they say put a link in the chat but I really don't yeah, they're I not don't. live yet uh yeah, he, not live. I, I guess he didn't do a scheduled thing but yet. it's spelled U S H A N K A Yushanka show yeah I'll um 
I'll have to, I'll I'll do it on my Twitter. I'll do it on Twitter. Here, you, you guys, you guys know my Twitter, and I'll. Uh, oh, you found it? Okay. Um, not really. I'll just type in because it, it's all caps. So I'm just gonna type Yushanka Show, and I mean, if you can't copy paste that into YouTube, I don't know how to help you. So <laughs> it's just Control yeah. C, Control Z, unless you're using a Mac, which is what this is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's um, a show. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank so you much. for everybody who donated on Super Chat. Uh, thank you to everybody who donates on Patreon. You're helping fund our travel budget to get out. Uh, our next city is going to be Toronto. Also, uh, Toronto and RCR Car Meet will be Toronto. My apologies due to scheduling. We can't do it on a weekend. It's going to be like on a Monday or a Tuesday after your delightful civic holiday there uh, in the beginning of August. So um, we will have the location. Uh, we'll post it on Twitter. Fo um, look out for Twitter because that's where we're going to have all our updates. Um, uh, road trips after that, we don't know. We'll yeah, figure we'll something figure. out. It's probably going to be domestic. Yeah. Because we've been doing these international trips and ignoring different states in, in the U.S. So It'll probably be the easiest thing to wrap up the wrap up the Northeast. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, excuse me. It, it's probably going to be Scottsdale, Arizona, because we want to auction yeah. uh, the fuck this winter, yeah. fuck this winter road trip. Yeah. In March, uh, so it's going to be probably Arizona in March, yeah. uh, Phoenix or Scottsdale, um, just to check out that crazy auction. Um, you know what? It's eight p.m. The guy says he's going to get started. Go go go! It's on. Everybody, go All to right. the Ushanka show. Thank you so much. This was the regular car, the, the, the RCR podcast. I'm Nick. I'm I'm Nick. I'm Brian. Because <laughs> <laughs> you always do it. You always yeah. do it. We're, we're, we are who we are. And uh, I know what I know. Yeah. Don't Our I know you from the cinematographer's party? <laughs> mm -hmm. Have a good one, everyone. Good night.